Welcome to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for the Mission, sponsored by Splunk. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for Mission, sponsored by Splunk. I'm Jason Miller. My guests today are Frank Demina, the Vice President of Public Sector for Splunk, and Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor at Splunk. Welcome to the discussion. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let me set some context for our conversation. When it comes to IT modernization, we've heard the old adage, it's not about the technology, it's about the culture. Agencies need to transform by encouraging an agile approach, by taking smart risks, and reskilling their workforces to understand what it takes to ch for this change to take hold. One way to jumpstart this culture change is through data. The White House recognized this and made leveraging data as a strategic asset a cross-agency priority goal. The recent update under the President's management agenda showed government-wide progress to make data more valuable. Last year, the team developed a data leadership playbook describing how agencies can develop governance and create a more mature infrastructure. In 2020, the cross-agency priority goal lists 10 actions, ranging from simple launch of the Chief Data Officers Council to the more complicated ones, like updating data inventories for completeness and creating priority data sprints. All these efforts will help agencies use data to drive IT modernization and thus change culture. So with that context in place, let's turn to the panel to tell some of the ways agencies can institutionalize this change, take more advantage of data. Once again, my guests are Frank Demina, the Vice President of Public Sector for Splunk, and Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor at Splunk. Frank, let me start with you on, on, on the question about being, uh, for federal employees, this time, this, this we'll call it the 2020s now, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a tough time to be a federal employee, to be a public sector employee, and not because of anything other than demands, expectations, technology, all that's just adding this downward pressure. Talk maybe a little bit about why it's so challenging today than ever before. Sure. Yeah, I think there's, there's the myth of, of the challenge of working in public service. I think if you get outside the beltway, everyone thinks, if you work for the federal government, you drive a rocket car, you have a solid gold house. But um, one of the luxuries of, of my role in the past four years at Splunk working in public sector is getting to appreciate and see the challenges that our public servants face and the complexity of their mission. Uh, we get to work on all sorts of interesting projects with our public sector partners, ranging from securing the nation to helping manage government resources to helping deliver citizen services or how we can better educate our youth. And what I've got to, to witness and appreciate over time is you know, there's countless initiatives that public servants are working on, whether it's to deliver the mission or tackle some of these problems. And, and the complexity, one of the challenges, they have to do this all with oversight, with compliance regulations, dealing with mandates, and of course with you know, resource constraints and, and declining budgets. So, so I've, I've grown to appreciate that challenge. I think one of the things we've witnessed or one of the things Splunk's learned in, in these years of these partnerships is that the, the speed and the velocity that, that public sector leaders of, of the decisions they have to make is increasing. And the impact, the criticality of those decisions is increasing as well. Getting every decision right could make or break the mission. And so that's, that's ultimately the challenge today is how can I make decisions faster and how can I be more confident in each decision I make? It's interesting you bring up the, the speed and velocity. We hear that a lot about data, right? Oh, there's so much data. How do we deal with the data? But all that's leading to that idea of, okay, well, what decision and then when on top of that, you're, you're adding the, the requirement for citizens who are like, well, why can't I do that on my phone? Or why can't I just figure that out? Or why do I have to go to three different websites? Mm -hmm. Do you hear that? Like when you talk to your clients in, in the federal sector, mm -hmm. do, do you hear that from them? Or do they, do they get that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, agencies are awash or, or, or overwhelmed with 
data today. The data coming at them and the velocity, the variety, the volume it's coming at them. And a lot of it is um, in, in one lens untapped. And we talk, we've talked about dark data, data that's not being used to its full extent. But this same challenge is the opportunity, it's the solution to some of these challenges we've witnessed that some of our, our, our esteemed colleagues in public sector are dealing with. It's, we often talk about um, a state of data leverage, and, and you mentioned it. And when, what that is, is when um, an agency or an educational institution is, ex is using its data that it's generating to extract value. How can I make better decisions? How can I solve some of these mission problems by using data as my source of truth, as what's guiding those confident, those decisions I have to make and make them more confidently and make them faster so I can have, so I can do it in near real time. Um, I think at the core of these problems we're talking about, whether it's a security problem or delivering better services, all of these challenges, these, these, they're all data problems. You know, our, our CEO has been known as every problem is a data problem. And so that's where, um, whether you're, you know, a senior executive in SES, a CIO, or you're a sysadmin, Data leverage, using your data to, to get more value to address some of these problems is the solution to address that challenge. Juliana, coming into the conversation now because you're a former Fed, a mm -hmm. retired one we'll, we'll maybe, or just a former, but you understand that when it comes to making decisions, there are times when, wow, I wish I had more data or different data or better data. Talk maybe from your experiences of, of what the, this current environment's like for federal employees. Sure. So, yes, prior Fed, retired naval officer. So I spent most of my career as a naval aviator. And I have many examples now thinking back of a time, boy, I wish that had been, that piece of gear had been created with more data, more input from pilots, more input from air crew. And one of them that sticks out is um, we were, we, the squadron I was in, the pilots and air crew were asked to test out a prototype radio that was a survival radio. The scenario being you've crashed over water or over land, and you have to get this radio out of your vest and use it to get a satellite signal and get rescued. Except as we, we walked around the parking lot pretending to pick up a satellite signal, first we had to attach the antenna just the right way. We had to make sure we didn't turn the knob the wrong way and zero the signal so that the enemy could find us. We had to put the battery in the watertight compartment with a nine, you know, it had nine turns of the crank to get the battery in. And it was like, who designed this thing? You know, engineers? Right. <laughs> you know, I'm a pilot in the water. I'm scared. My leg's broken. I'm freezing. I'm trying to stay alive, and i got to screw this battery in, you know, with nine threads. There didn't seem to be any relevant data of how the actual the piece of gear would be used. And no, knowing what I know now, on the other side, there's, there's no reason for that anymore. There's plenty of data out there. It's resident in all of everyone's environment. It's this dark data that Frank talks about that we talk about at Splunk that is untapped and unused and results in suboptimal solutions. And um, there's just really no reason for that anymore. If, if agencies and leaders tap into their environment and leverage the data that's literally at their fingertips. And Frank referred to this in some ways as earlier in our conversation, when it comes to the challenges, whether it's IT modernization or security, or even just improving citizen experience, all, all of that data is available. What's the way to, to get a hold of that data and, sure. and, and, and yeah. get that value out of it? You know, at a simplest form, we're, we're, we're talking about being more data-driven, whether it's IT modernization, whether it's cybersecurity, meeting compliance mandates. How do I do that in a more data-driven fashion? And, um, you know, the simple, it was easy, everyone would be doing it already. <laughs> 
Uh, it is complex, and you, know, you think about some of the challenges in our large federal agencies, data is in silos. We have legacy systems that don't interoperate well, and, and connecting them it can be a challenge, but I want to be clear, we're not just talking about collecting data. Right? This is a new approach. There's many technologies and approaches out there to help you collect it, and that's a challenge, and that's not been completely solved. But what we're talking about is operationalizing data. How do I actually use data in, in a way where I have it at my finger when I need it? So to Juliana's point, it's not just about having it. I can present it to someone in a format they can digest and consume at the right time. And so when you talk about being data-driven, it's not a binary state. It's not I'm data-driven or I'm not. It's actually what we've seen working with every government agency out there, 15 cabinet level agencies, state and local governments, education institutions, we've seen that it's, it's a maturity journey. And so um, what, what we see as our mission at Splunk is to help our customers that we partner with to progress in that journey to be more data driven. And we actually have a model for it, we talk about it in an IMAA fashion, which stands for Investigate, Monitor, Analyze, and Act. And so when you think about it, at the core foundation, a lot of the problems that public sector, public sector folks deal with is that investigative part, that first phase of that journey. And if you think about the main task of someone who works in, in government today, an information worker, they're often asked to say, well, what happened and why did it happen? And so that's one of the things where ha being able to conduct investigations, have access to data, and being able to bring all these sources together, um, it creates visibility so you can ask questions with confidence. Julian, I think that's the key, ask questions with confidence. Going back to your story and your experiences, someone who just asked you, hey, we're designing this thing, you're a pilot, what should we know, right? It's a simple, and, and uh, I've been at very uh, several conferences over the last couple of months, and, and this idea of user-centered design, right, seems to come up time and again, and, and that's gotta be the data, that's how you use the data. Talk maybe a little bit about what, what you're seeing in terms of how, how can agencies solve these problems of making the data valuable. Right, sure. So one of the things I'd like to go back to that Frank was talking about with the challenges, and I'll get to the answer to your specific question, is all of these um, mandates and initiatives that are put on top of agencies and agency employees, a, a, one descriptor that we should not ignore is the unfunded descriptor. So the unfunded mandate, the bane of the existence of most government employees, I would say, at least in my experience. Um, and that adds a whole other layer of challenge. However, um, when agencies start to look at their data, they'll realize they already have a resource that they didn't know was there. You know, that they, if they start to tap into it, they don't have to do more with less necessarily. They do more with what they already have. They just don't know they have it. So for example, we have one um, customer that's a national lab, and they are using their data to do what a lot of our customers do. Initially, they use it for cybersecurity. They use it to protect highly sensitive mission information against cyber attacks and increasingly sophisticated threats. But what they started to realize is that they can use that same data, those same data sets, to address a financial issue, which is to eliminate unnecessary license purchases that they've made. Now, they didn't go into that thinking, oh, we're going to save money on licenses if we start with cybersecurity. But as they started to dig into the data and get more curious about what else can we do with this data, they ended up saving, yeah, they had a 30% savings in license expenditures. And that makes a difference in every agency. And that becomes real money too, I mean, real value. Someone sees it and goes, oh, can you do that for me? Mm -hmm. And then that, that builds that confidence in that, oh, we have pretty good data. And, and again, even if it's not 100% perfect data, which I'm not sure that exists in the world. Um, it, it, and you bring up cybersecurity as well. Let's walk through that because the other piece of it is, let's make sure this data is secure or at least 
securely shared. Mm -hmm. So cybersecurity is one of our core capabilities. It's how Splunk is good or bad, often known as our core capability. It is one capability, but we've kind of built on that. And uh, Frank actually built his career, most of his career around cybersecurity. And um, then they pulled him into the data world. Right, exactly, and said, "Let's let's talk about what what else is going on here." So, so, so <laughs> maybe Frank, jump in here as well, because sure. let's maybe talk a little bit about the security piece. Because it's one thing to say, "Okay, you have all this data. Yeah. Okay, how do I share it, and who gets it?" And that the dashboard piece is great, but yeah. if if Juliana can only see the dashboard and you have the ability to read yeah. and write the dashboard. Yeah, I think there, there's two thoughts there. So first I talked about this, this maturity journey, like moving from an investigative phase to an analytics phase to eventually act. Um, once you are able to ask those questions and get the answers you want, you can start doing more advanced analytics. So, so now I can start taking advantage of technologies like machine learning to look at massive data sets. And that's one of the challenges in cybersecurity is that the data that has to be analyzed and looked at in a, and the, the window of time that I can do it is very short, is almost reaching a point where it's incapable of, of, of a human processing. So we can leverage technology to do that for us and to spot trends and patterns and, and, and techniques and tactics adversaries using to be more proactive and, and adjust cybersecurity. But what Juliana was touching on too that I think is really important is this concept of data reuse. That same data that I'm taking in from a server that tells me if someone's trying to uh, brute force passwords or compromise the database on that password can also tell me how is that system performing. And if I'm in public service, I have to deliver citizen services. I want to know, did my users using the application, did they have a, a lot of wait time? Were they getting errors? Were they, were they getting routed? Were they canceling transactions because they didn't complete? And so being able to get multiple value stacks, you know, delivering a better service, that's a real mission value add from the same data that helps me secure the system and know that it's protected and safe. And that's really the, this concept of data leverage is all about. We're going to take a quick break and come back. We have so much more to talk about when it comes to data. You're listening to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for the Mission, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Network. Public sector leaders today have to constantly make decisions at speeds their missions demand. Any errors can be costly. While this may seem daunting, innovators are leveraging data to overcome their challenges. Splunk's Data to Everything D2E platform drives fast, confident decisions and decisive actions through powerful, real-time insights to ensure mission success. Turn data into doing with Splunk. Learn how at splunk.com slash public sector. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for the Mission, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Frank Domina, Vice President for Public Sector at Splunk, and Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector, also at Splunk. In the last segment, we ended talking about data and, and this idea of data reuse. And, and Juliana, you came up with a great example of a national lab that, that started for one thing and used the other. This is actually becoming more common though. Are you seeing it with more customers? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of the most, it's the most exciting thing that we see at Splunk is finding out what our customers are doing, the creativity that they're applying to the, to the data to do things all across their environment. So um, first I'll talk about a private sector company that most of your listeners are probably aware of or can relate to, and that is, um, that is Domino's Pizza. So most people think Domino's Pizza, they're a pizza company, uh, but actually they've transformed themselves into a quite sophisticated um, digital logistics company, let's say. And they've had to. You know, look at all the companies that have, that have grown up around food delivery. Well, they had to transform or they were going to be in, in trouble as a company. So now 
most of their orders and their interaction with their customers is digital, you know, as, as you might imagine and as we all know. So they're using Splunk to automate and find efficiencies in their, their ordering, their delivery, their, you know, they're keeping their 30-minute maximum delivery time promise. But they're just using the data to be smarter about which drivers and where they're going to go and their routes. And um, that's... You don't. You just don't think of a food company that we all kind of have heard about for years as being digitally transformed into this new tech company. They probably started off just how do we make sure we get pizza from point A to point B. Exactly. And then they saw all these other uses, like whoa, whoa. but we can see how much flour we're using, how much sauce. Right. Exactly. And exactly. we're seeing that across government, and I think you know the evidence that senior government leaders are starting to um, be acutely aware of the value of data is just the rise of the CDO. The chief data officer is becoming an important initiative at a lot of federal agencies, and you're seeing that develop. And I think 2020, we're going to see that, that role take on lots of new responsibilities. Um, we work with many public sector agencies that are starting to see that data can have such value outside of traditional IT and cyber use cases. For example, we work with a county in California who the sheriff department is taking interesting, innovative approach. How can we leverage data? So what they do is they, they create um, mashups of geospatial data, maps, and, and other information about their county and overlay accident data and crime data and, and human safety data. So they can start taking a predictive look at, hey, is this a certain area or an intersection where it's more prone to accidents or um, there's some problems with fires happening in, the, in this neighborhood? I can apply public resources in advance to, more, to better serve my citizens by creating data sets that combine these sets of information. And these are the same data sets that help with cyber or IT or application support. Do you find that agencies are worried that their data is imperfect, that we don't have the right data or enough data? And, and do you help them get over that? Just start. It doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. You'll, you'll, You'll get to you'll, you'll work toward that perfection. Yeah, absolutely. It's something we spend a lot of time on. Again, as I said earlier, it's definitely a journey. One of the first things we do when we start partnering with a government agency or an education institution is what questions do you want to ask? Okay? Right. What, what are you struggling with? What, what information do you want to know? And usually what we find is the initial set of questions are not the real questions. There's a, it's a breadcrumb trail that leads to the real questions that they're struggling with. And that takes time. And we have a lot of experience and best practice how to iterate faster and get to that, those questions. Uh, and then the next part is how do you put, put those questions, deploy them with technology so they're, they're asked automatically and they're asked for you. So Juliana is an executive at a government agency. I can start handing her information before she asks for it so she can have it at her fingertips when she needs it. And, and that's why you, when you brought up, brought up this idea of AI ML is, is such, having such a big impact is if you can start automating those, those questions, those answers, and the, the giving that data so then, okay, I can at my fingertips call it up. Okay, now let's make a decision. Where are we with that AI ML use? It's early stages, predictive analytics, but still it's getting, it's moving in that direction, Juliana? Yeah, so at, what we're seeing and what we're doing with our products too is embedding the AI and the ML in the product so it's seamless. People don't know, they're not saying, oh, I'm going to turn on the AI today or I'm going to you know, make this easier. The AI button. Easy, the, AI, the AI button. There's no easy button. <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of what happens under the hood, you know, the, the machine learning is happening, and the person's job, they just know it's getting easier. You know, they just know that when they ask a question or they type in something on their keyboard, data is given to them or information is given to them um, you know, that, that helps them take an action or make a decision and move faster to the next phase. You know, we can do that in some of the commercial tools that, that people have gotten used to with, with search, 
but they haven't really translated into enterprise networks that agencies are using, and that's that's where we're we come in. That's where we bring in our um, embedded AI and ML to have the system learn as people are using it, so they don't have to spend as much time doing the manual effort, you know, digging for data, looking in a Excel spreadsheet. That's for why we have such a large public sector organization at Splunk. You have to understand the customer's mission. You have to understand the problems they're dealing with if you're going to apply machine learning. The foundational component of any type of AI machine learning approach is large data. Those, those technologies, those algorithms work best when you feed them large data sets that they can analyze and generate patterns and find anomalies. But what we're really talking about here is what, oh, what some folks at Splunk like for democratization of data, making everyone a data scientist. So I don't need to know it's machine learning. I can just give someone a really simple interface that, that is easy to digest and understand and make a decision off it. And that's something that we put a tremendous amount of R&D into through, through the design of our software and our interface is, is how do I make everyone a data scientist? How do I make every role at an organization or agency be able to consume this complex data? Before you can go down a path of, use, of embedding the AI or the machine learning, is there a piece that has to come before it on, on the government side? Not just what question or what are we trying to answer, but where does the data exist and then Okay, can, how do we make sure you can get access to it? I mean, are there all these pieces that, that have to kind of be put in place and, and that requires a different set of skills for, for the federal employees? Sure, absolutely. I, mean, I think there's a couple of answers. Well, first of all, you have policy issues. Right? Yeah. Do, do we have the right jurisdiction and rights to, to access all this data? And at some agencies, that's easier than ones that are more, are more complex and have different operating divisions. Then you have the technic technical challenge, right? What, how can I build a scalable, robust platform that can scale we're talking about petabytes or zettabytes, giant data sets, and there's not many technology, I know one really good one, but there's not many technology <laughs> that can handle that type of volume and variety of information without having to transform the data or edit it or put it in a certain format. And then of course, it's really about how do we help the, enable the workforce? And Juliana spent a lot of time on this, I know it's something she, she's very passionate about. <laughs> so when it comes to the workforce side, what, what skills are you seeing that they should you know, the kind of short-term skills that, hey, I need them now, or it would be helpful if you had them, and then there's a long-term set of skills. What are you starting to talk, when you talk to your, your clients? I think, I like to think of the long-term set of, of skills, because what the government has that some people see as a liability is actually a huge resource, a huge opportunity, and that is a large workforce. Many people who have been in the agency a long time, they've bought into the mission. They're not going to move their family again. You know, they're, they're in. They're in the game. They want to stay for a long time, and they're public servants in, in their heart. You know, they want to do good things. But often they, they have skills that have atrophied. They have skills that are no longer relevant. And that is, that is sort of viewed as like a threat to people. But uh, people should remember when the Industrial Revolution happened and we had factories taking over people's jobs, people didn't stop working. They just started doing different things. And that's what's going to happen with AI and ML and all these data jobs, we'll call them. I think what's the problem, though, is that a lot of people are intimidated by those because they've been left out of the conversation. They've been doing the same job for 10 years or 15 years and haven't been given incentive, really, or excitement about go learn this, go learn that. So everyone doesn't need to be a PhD in coding or data science, or but everyone needs to be data literate. They need to understand what it means to... Um, execute good cyber hygiene or, you know, how to protect the data of it in their environment. But they also, people want to be relevant at work. And for many workers in the federal government, especially those who have been around a long time, 
they, many of them just don't feel relevant anymore. So that's up to leaders, you know, to leverage technology, to bring in new ideas and kind of bring them into the fold um, so that they can feel good about work again. Um, the nature of work is changing, the, the number of years that we work is changing, and bringing people in, reskilling them, making them feel part of the revolution is the way to get more out of them. There are things that we in industry can do to help enable and accelerate that. So something we invest a lot of time is how do we make our products easier to use? How do we make data easier to consume? So we've added things like natural language processing to our platform that I can ask questions in plain English of my, da of my data. I don't need to be a coder to interact with it. Um, we have augmented reality in our, in our product so that I can use a mobile device or a tablet to, to get information on my job without having to use a, you know, an advanced computer interface. And so there's things that, that the industry is doing to, uh, to, ra to raise data literacy and skill up the workforce. I think you make a great point. Not everyone has to be a data scientist or have a PhD, but you have to know a little bit. And, and part of that is the tools. If I'm giving a set of tools that are easy to use, that I, okay, I see value in it. It's nothing worse than you, you yeah. use a tool and you're like, I don't understand what I'm doing. I mean, right. I think we all kind of face that in, in one way or the other. The other piece of this that I think we should just touch upon is privacy and, and, and integrity. We, we talked a little bit about with security, but this is a different, you know, how do you ensure that the, the, the data that you're using is meeting a certain level of quality and assurance that, that you're going, okay, is this the right data and can I make the decision off this? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I've been in, in cybersecurity for two decades now and we're seeing a shift. And so in cybersecurity, there's three important tenets, confidentiality, uh, availability, and integrity. And a lot of the past two decades, the attacks we, the, the security we've been focused on, the attacks we've been dealing with is around confidentiality. Can I steal your data, have access to your private data? Or availability, can I shut down your access? That's what ransomware is all about. But integrity is something that hasn't always gotten a lot of attention. And, and I think in 2020 and years ahead, we're going to see an increase in a, attempts to undermine data or to uh, attack the integrity of your data. And so if I can start to manipulate the data that you're using to make decisions, I can now dictate a certain outcome. And you think about uh, the, the world we're in today, having, knowing that my data is valid, having a single source of truth is so important to my function in public sector. We're entering what some people call a post-truth era, <laughs> where how can I know that what I'm looking at, what I'm listening to is accurate? So that's why this approach, being data-driven, so is, is so important that you can have confidence in your data sets and what you're using to make decisions is accurate. And that's something that uh, some of our customers are working on right now. Um, census Department is about to launch the first digital census. They're going to be talking at our, our government summit on March 4th at the Merritt Marquis about how they're approaching this challenge. And I think the census has that huge challenge ahead of them as they collect the information. Is it integral? Because so much gets is built on that census data. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Julianne, the last word here on, on, on the, the sum it up for us, wrap it up in a bow. You know, when we talk about data, when we talk about decisions, what's the one thing agencies need to keep in mind as they are continuing on this path? Agencies should remember and recognize that they have more data in their environment than they're aware of and that they know can be useful to execute their mission, whatever that is. And that they should be thinking about that data as a resource for every mission, not just the IT or the cybersecurity, but the HR, the, the weapons on target, the um, health of the workforce, the citizen experience. And just start thinking about data as another resource, just like you would money and money and training. Open the aperture, if you will, for what the data can do for you. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, so let me thank my guests. Frank Demina, the Vice President of Public Sector at Splunk. Frank, thank you so much. 
Juliana Vita, the Chief Technical Advisor for Public Sector, also at Splunk. Juliana, thank you for taking the time. I'm Jason Miller. You've been listening to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for the Mission, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Splunk. Thank you for listening to the discussion, Data Analytics Platform for the Mission, sponsored by Splunk on Federal News Network.